Welcome back to We Can Do Epic Things, episode 23, which is blowing my mind. Yes. Uh, this is the one where we are flexible. I am Carly Strauss, professional learning facilitator, Douglas County School District, and my co-hostess today is Lindsay Bednar, also professional learning facilitator. Douglas County School District is located in northern Nevada, uh, south of Carson City. We encompass a portion of South Lake Tahoe and the Carson Valley. Yeah, and this is a podcast for anyone who's interested in learning just in general or about our school district. Uh, We know teaching is hard. It can be really hard, but we can Mm -hmm. also do really epic things. And so today we're going to talk about being flexible and doing some epic things in your classroom. But before we get started, we got to do some catching up. We do. We got to do some catching up. Um, Over Christmas, I got a Christmas card from someone who's near and dear to both of our hearts. Um, Our friend Nora, who listens. Um, Thank you, Nora, for listening. (laughs) It's so great. Um, And uh, Nora was like appreciating the fact that we share our quirkiness and the reason that we share our quirkiness, at least for me, is because there's like this whole perfection thing, I think, in our society that you have to appear like you're perfect. And mm-hmm. like, I'm, I am this, I've come this far in life and I still have a hard time with left and right. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I think people need to know that everyone's just human, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. so Nora sent a Christmas card um, reminding us of... Um, one of my quirks that I haven't yet shared. So in addition to the fact that I'll never know how old I am, except for this year, cause I just turned not 50. This is a big year yeah, for both so, of us. Yeah, for I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this year I'm, I'm good. I know I'm not 50 and next year I'll know because I will be 50. So there's that. Um, these will be the only two years that if you ever ask me, I won't have to actually do the math. So that's fun. Yeah. Uh, Nora reminded me that I have a, um, serious issue with the pits of fruit like a nectarine or an apricot and as I'm saying this I'm getting the chills already like up my arms my neck yeah like um my teeth touching like a pit (sighs) cherries you should see how I eat cherries it's a situation wow um I love them cherries I've seen you eat these fruits but not it's an issue Mm. I cannot uh let my teeth touch it it's something about the woodiness or whatever. Um, popsicle sticks, toothpicks, all that is also an issue for me. <laughs> oh, it's a theme. It's, it's, it's the woodiness. Yeah, so my husband, because um, he loves me a lot, will um, take the pit and like put it in his teeth and just grind his teeth on it just oh. to freak me out. It's like, oh. seriously, right now. Nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, bring on the nails on a chalkboard. That. Um, so, on those, um, not the pits. thanks, Nora, for being such a powerful influence in Ooh. both Lindsay and my life. I mean, yes. seriously, for real, yeah, for our whole lives. Well, that yeah, um, that makes me think of um, well, something similar. Plums. I am. My mom will know. So we had this neighbor who, who also listens. Thanks. Also, shout out to Lisa. Yep, little shout out. Um, they had a plum tree, and they would babysit me, and they would make me go out and pick plums, and then. She would make plum dumplings, and I had to eat them. And I just felt like I was eating an insane amount of plum dumplings, and they were so gross. And to this day, I cannot <laughs> eat plums. And I probably only had, like, two. But it felt like I had to eat, like, 40 plum dumplings a day. Well, and, and are ugh. plum dumplings made with, like, wheat or All the things. Dough? I was probably so sick after. That's why. And I'm sure the babysitter <laughs> was like, you're fine. Like, just lay down. And, yeah, so. Oh, 
so no good. to the plums. Um, no to the plums. Well, that's fun. So, yes. but uh, speaking of birthdays, yes, I want to give a shout out to our office. I have the best coworkers slash friends ever. So they, when I came into work on February first, the whole board behind my desk was filled with a Taylor Swift themed advent calendar. So it's a countdown to my birthday. Yep. So each day there's a little bag that I open and it is something Taylor Swift themed until my birthday on the 25th. And it is just, it it makes my day. Every day coming in and seeing it. It makes our day too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's twofold. I love it. Maybe I'll post it. Maybe I'll post a picture of it. It's so fun. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. That'll be a good one it. for this uh, podcast. So yeah. yeah, shout out to our office for being the best. So fun. Yeah. Um, well, Lindsay's got a big birthday this year. Lindsay is part of the decade crew here. Um, and so she is the uh, 50 minus 10. That's right. That's what we'll call it. 50 minus 10. Uh, she's the youngest part of our decades. We uh, have a group of us that are uh, all turning uh, decade numbers this year. So 2024 is the year for decades. The year. A big year. Um, yeah. So um, that's so fun. Uh we have been thinking about uh, continuing that theme of working smarter. And uh, Lindsay and I uh, have, we thought we would share with you something that we really believe is a, an easy way to work yeah. smarter. Like, we're not asking people to change everything they're doing, but just to think a little strategically about something that really is supportive of kids and teachers and um, your NEPF, your evaluation yeah. system. Like, this gets you a lot of bang for your buck, and it's super easy. Small change, big benefit. I like that. Because I think we can, it sometimes it's like, I love that. Like, you go to a conference, yeah. or you go, you hear somebody speak, or you read a book, and you're like, great. But the thought of doing that in my classroom, I just, like, I have to deal with so many other things. I yeah. can't. But I think what we're going to share with you today will it's doable it's manageable in your classroom it's a simple solution to a, a very common concern which i hear is like these kids won't talk mm -hmm. i mean we're dealing with an interesting crew after COVID, right um i think this is applicable across grade levels like you could be a kindergarten teacher k-12 you could be a, a high school math teacher you could be a middle school social studies teacher could be a fifth grade teacher. Doesn't matter what you are, uh, that you can use these strategies. So that's a miracle because that never happens, right? It's always like, yeah. oh, that's very elementary or that's very secondary. But um, uh, I think that's super important as well. That when kids aren't sure how to interact socially, uh, or when we ask them to interact, they don't stay on task or topic or yeah. whatever. So um, I think we can some of those challenges that make teaching hard. We can make it a little easier. Mm -hmm. And I think this episode might be a little bit different. Most of the time, um, you can just, you know, hit play, listen. This one, you might want to pause it, um, take some notes, re-listen to it, because we're going to share some different um, different strategies that you can use. So you right. might want to be like, oh, wait, let me write that down. Make a quick voice note in your phone. Something. Yeah. Yeah. This is a listen more than once episode. Ooh. Wow, that's exciting. Uh, what are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about the idea of flexible grouping. And what that means is ways to use temporary partnerships with students um, to get them working together. Um, and I think um, there's a counterintuitive piece of this, which is why we thought we would talk about it with you today. Um, because we feel like kids don't want to work with each other, that kids want to work with their friends. We mm -hmm. know what happens when they work with their friends. They don't do the work. 
yeah. they do the other things that friends do, like chit chat about all sorts of things, like Lindsay and I just spent the last <laughs> 15 minutes doing before we got to the business of podcast yeah. recording. So they do that kind of thing. Um, and what we know in, in the world, right, what employers are wanting is people that can work with other people, all sorts of other people. So um, we're going to talk about how we can group kids in lots of very intentional ways that are simple and easy, get them in a temporary partnership, and then um, and how they can really uh, be flexible themselves in working with different classmates. What's really crazy about this is when I've been out uh, in teachers that are using these uh, strategies in their classroom uh, and talking to kids, the kids are like, I like this. And I'm like, really? I expect them not to. And right. the reason why is I like working with the people I don't always work with. Like the people they sit with and or the groups they've always been in because of their whatever um, skills or, you know, what, however kids are grouped. They like the idea of just it's random, it happens, and then it's over. Yeah. That's the idea of flexible grouping. They, they enjoy hearing each other's perspectives. And this, I've talked to second graders and high school kids. It's universal that kids are like, I actually like this. But we feel in our mind like, oh, they don't want to do that. They don't want to do it. But don't you think, too, like thinking about myself as a student, I, as much as I would want to work with my friend, maybe in my head I knew like my friend maybe isn't the best partner and they're not going to do the work. I'm going to have to do it. Mm -hmm. That would stress me out. If I had the freedom to work with, you know, a lot of different people in the class, I'd be like, yes, thank God. Then there's not that pressure like I got to work with you because you're my friend. And if I don't, you're going to be mad at me. 100%. I think that. And I think... I think about myself, I was so shy as a kid, so shy. Um, shocker, everyone. Um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, make of that what you will. But um, so shy. And like the idea of like pick a partner, oh, oh. What that would have done me in every single time um, because I would have been nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, wouldn't No one wants to be that kid that's left out. Like, let's just solve that problem for kids and let's right. just group them up and then let it disband and then let's regroup them and let it disband and let's just do that and take all the worries that are in kids' minds out of it. So, yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking too when you were saying about, you know, kindergarten through 12th grade, we've also seen this with some of our, you know, district level employees yes. or principals like doing this with adults. We've done this with, we have yeah, we used done it. an in-service class with yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I just think that. And adults are exactly <laughs> like, kids. like kids. Some of them grumble and then, rah, rah. and then, um, and then weirdest thing, some of them get so excited uh, trying to challenge themselves to work with everyone in the, in the classroom. Oh my gosh, our class was so good when we did this. Gosh, it was fun. For stickers, by the way, like for like on a bingo right. card with names and stickers. So they were working uh, so adults hard. do exactly what kids will do. And so that's why we want to share flexible grouping with you today. Um, we know that there are a lot of benefits to kids and we've kind of been talking about those, but it's about equitable learning opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, all kids get that chance to engage with the, the content and with their peers. Um, kids speak differently than adults they need to hear from each other um so that helps that um obviously we want classroom camaraderie like that idea of kids um feeling like they belong we talk about the importance of relationships and belonging as very foundational to everything we do and this does that right Mm -hmm. no one feels left out they don't have to stress out it's you you're a partner with a person or a small group uh, all the time you have that um and I think that's critical um 
I think probably one of the things I like the most, and I, this is what I, that little second grader I was just talking to, um, she was like, I get to hear how different people think about math. Like, exciting. When we, yeah, when do we get that opportunity? Varied perspectives, and it's okay, and you get to hear, I think, societally, we probably would benefit from hearing other people's perspectives and being... Mm-hmm. Um, and being having empathy for those and understanding for those, and um, so uh, there's so many great reasons to do this um, that we wanted to share with you. And this is the part that Lindsay was talking about, like how do I do this? Simple, easy yeah. strategies uh, that some of them I guarantee you're already doing, and then it's like taking those to the next level and being a little more intentional with how to do those. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you might be thinking like, okay, this is all well and good, but how do I get started with this? Um, and I think it starts with giving sort of an elevator speech to your students about about what you're doing. Be mm-hmm. be open about it. Be transparent. Like, hey, this is what I'd like to try in my class. We could even so in our class that we did, we mm-hmm. um, had the teachers write out what they were going to say to students. Like, I'm taking a class. I'm trying to, you know, get better at teaching, and mm-hmm. so I want to try this out with you. And I I want you to be respectful um, to your classmates and. Sometimes I'm going to choose the groups for you. Sometimes you're going to choose the groups. But, you know, my job is to switch these groups often. So you interact and learn from different people and, and they learn from you as well. Yeah. So setting that little elevator speech up for your students and telling them, like, this might be a little bit messy at first, but we're going to try. We're going to work through it. And I think the benefit is going to mm-hmm. outweigh the struggle. Yeah. And and it's transparency for kids, like, especially if you haven't been using groupings. It's like just uh, you're not sure and they just usually worked with the people they choose like or whatever turn to the person next to you if you're going to do something different it's a good idea to let them know why <laughs> and uh you can always blame it on Lindsay and me that's fine totally. we'll take that uh, i do that with my son too he can always blame uh you know getting out of a situation that's uncomfortable for him on my mom won't let me yep blame <laughs> it on us i'll take that Lindsay um, carly made me do this maybe try this they're telling <laughs> me to try this um, uh, but with that too i think that we need to have an SOP. We need to have a standard operating procedure for what it's going to look like to work with yeah. each other. Um, when we did this, I, I think it was in our group, or maybe someone brought it up in their class that a student said, like, be helpful, not bossy. Mm. And having that conversation of what it looks like to work with somebody. Yeah. What does that sound like, look like, how are you acting? Um, and I know I would model this with my kindergarten kids. Like, if some com- someone comes up and says, like, you know, would you like to work with me on this? Even just your your the way that you your body is you know like your facial expressions or like your body language yeah that says a lot so be mindful of that i think and really setting the tone for what it looks like to work with each other is is the most important thing to getting this started yeah what's acceptable and no mm-hmm. grumbles and yeah um, can't roll your eyes right like, right that that's not how we do this mm-hmm. um how we meet each other when we meet our temporary partner uh how we leave that Yes. What does it sound like when we're in it? Sentence stems, those kinds of things. And that can evolve as you as they're learning and practicing. Um, yeah, like revisiting that, I yeah. think, too. Like, okay, so now we created this SOP for what it looks like to work with each other. Let's revisit it. Do we think that we need to add anything, take anything away? Might be really good at something. Like, we know that we introduce ourselves. Great, let's take that off. Now let's put that we're going to thank our partner when we leave or, you know, add to the conversation every time. Yeah, and I think when you're, if you're thinking about how do I generate an SOP, obviously we want the students to think about that and the best way you can do that is just with a task that isn't necessarily a school-related task, but a random group where they are randomly grouped, they have to work on something, a problem to solve Mm -hmm. for a short, it can be very short, five minutes. Um, We did a 
puzzles with no pictures. Um, <laughs> you can do it any way yes. uh, that you want where they have to s- then talk about what it means to contribute to, and what it means, uh, what hinders their behaviors, what things they like in a group, what they don't. Having those really honest conversations as a classroom. So Yeah, so starting with something that's you know, not an academic yeah. task per se. And it sets you up for success down the road for academic tasks because you're right. going there and you're going there fast, but you might start with something that's a little less academic so that students know, uh, really get to experience mm-hmm. what's helpful and what hinders learning. Yeah. We just bought together. some puzzles from the, the dollar store mm-hmm. and had groups put them together. We didn't give them the Picture. The picture of what it was. So These are was 48 pieces. They're not like this is not a hundred piece, a thousand piece puzzle. No. It's pretty yeah. simple, but have all day. Uh, you can change the rules. They can't talk. They can talk. Whatever a timer. You can mess with it. That's what we did. Yeah. Just as a way to kind of get students uh, to see how this could work. So how to set up that SOP. Yeah. So there's five different stages of flexible grouping yeah. and we're going to just give you a brief overview of each one and then talk about like an example of what that grouping strategy looks like and these come from uh the flexibly grouped classroom it's a book um really good resource really great resource it'll be on the summer book club man just summer book club's gonna be good this oh, summer all the good things we just got a couple new good ones yesterday Ooh. too uh, yeah and oh at the end, we're gonna we're gonna oh. tell you some other things that are coming your oh way. But um, yeah. yeah so uh, that we Lindsay and I both read this book. We thought we could save you from reading, and we'll give you the cliff notes. And you are welcome to read it this summer if you'd like. But um, uh, it's a good these read. stages are, are are from that book. Yeah. So stage one, proximity partners um, help students work together in a low stakes fashion. So this is something that I'm sure everybody has done in their classroom is doing. Yes. Uh, think pair share, yep. elbow partners, turn and talk. Right. Just your very basic, probably it's, it's very comfortable, it's comfortable to do that for the teacher, for the kids. You, there's not a lot of thought put into like who's really going where, yeah. what's happening like that. So stage one, I'm sure we're all, we've all accomplished stage one. Yeah. And proximity partners. It works and it's fine, but mm-hmm. it doesn't maybe get us the leverage we want because we know what happens a lot of time with turn and talk is mm-hmm, crickets or other things. One or, person's talking, yeah. the other one's not, or they're not even sure what to talk about. Right. I think we we just assume like, okay, you know, we just read this story. Turn and talk to your partner about your favorite part of the story, and sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah, they're off topic right. or they're like, oh no, I didn't really have a favorite part. Right. Um, or, and they're used to those people. It's always turn yeah. and talk, and it's uh, or, you know, and they're like, uh, and they don't know who to turn their to, or like it just. Someone doesn't have anyone to turn to. Nothing wrong with it. Use it, do it. Um, but there's a next level that might um, make it a little more intentional, um, which is the stage two, are the get moving strategies, and I have so much interest in this. I love this the most because I feel like kids sit so long and they um they need to move we act like our older kids are capable of sitting for even 50 minutes if you're if that's the length of your class but some are 80 90 minutes long it's a long time (sighs) I mean that's a long time for an adult like for me to sit yeah we don't do well you you, teachers don't do well like no one does well sitting that long so I love the get moving strategies because Mm -hmm. they're simple uh, they take that turn and talk just to that little next level of I'm going to partner you with a someone to talk to. You're standing, you're moving, and then you're back to your seat. No big deal. Doesn't take long. Um, so um, 
there's some ways, simple ways you can do this. Um, Lindsay and my favorite is like the crazy lineup um, <laughs> where you ask the, the students to um, line up or the adults or whoever uh, in whatever you decide the category. We've done uh, time you went to bed. Yeah. Uh, distance that you live from your place of work. How much you like chocolate. <laughs> We've done that. On a scale of 1 to 100. Um, or uh, Toppings on a pizza. Yeah, uh, estimation. We've done it with kids with estimation in math. Like when they estimate an answer um, from the biggest to the smallest, which is a wholly interesting thing, teachers, um, if you are doing that, I, where kids having to put themselves in line number order is really oh. also another skill. Yeah, we just did that at the student symposium. We had the students line up. I said, okay, you know, third grade through 11th grade. And then I, I told all the adults, like, we're not helping. Like, they're yeah. doing this. And so you could see, you know, they're, like, looking at each other. I'm like, you're going to have to talk. You're going to have to see, like, right. oh, I'm a three, I'm a five, I'm a nine. And then there's that one kid that was, you know, off in the bathroom. They come in, they're like, wait a second. got to figure out where I fit in this line here. Yeah. But it's so good. Right. Things we assume kids know how to do, like put themselves in number order, not necessarily birthday. You can go on and on with the categories. Um, students can generate categories, which is super fun. Uh if this becomes a routine in your classroom. So then you have the, as the teacher, once you've got them in a line, you can fold the line down the middle. You can, you're just turning and talking to the person standing next to you, easy. Um, you can pick and choose from the outsides, uh, from the middle. Uh, it doesn't have to just be partners. You can make a group of four from that. You can make a groups of three from that. Um, so um, there's so many ways you can do that lineup. Um, and really easy, really fast, gets yeah. kids up and moving, gets them to talk to someone short and sweet about whatever your topic is, and then back to their seat. Yeah. Or to work with a partner, and then they return to their home seat. Because people don't like moving seats as much as they will do a temporary partnership. Yeah. Um, and it gives a teacher that flexibility, too. Like, if you line everybody up, and you're like, okay, I had the intention of folding the line, then you're like, whoa, mm. Mm, <laughs> let's try that again. Yeah. Um, the kids think that it's random, but mm -hmm. but you know in your head, like, wait a second, I need to switch this up because these two, no way. Well, and kids are so clever. Uh, I'll just tell you right now. Yeah. They will, um, they'll like, chocolate. oh, 40, 47 is your estimate. Mine too. Weird. Yeah. Like weird. That's Let's stand mine by each too. Other. I wrote that on my post-it note. Right. Yeah. So they'll, you know, they'll outsmart you, but you are always one step ahead of them. We know this. Uh, mm -hmm. So you just pull around them and then shuffle that kid in a different group. No problem. Um, so that's one way, a decks of cards, you know, random, totally random. Um, and of course, um, uh, a bingo card. I love this idea with every student in that classroom's name on there. Um, and your job in the grading period, uh, maybe that six weeks or now nine weeks um, or the month or whatever is that you have to find and partner with someone from that it gets kids to know each other's names because right, we think um, that that i mean in kindergarten i was like we're together all day every day everybody knows everyone's name no i don't know what i did turns out i'm like oh my gosh you guys do not know each mm -hmm. other's names and i don't i think i think that's kindergarten yes but also 11th grade 10th grade i have a 10th grader i can tell you there's oh yeah in his classes he does not know which the is name. wild to me and, you know, he's got lots of classes. So mm -hmm. I think... Um, That's a great way. I, I love that idea. Um, and that super fun. We just did stickers for bingos, like, <laughs> in a row. Oh, my gosh. You would have thought people were winning the lottery. But encourage that. Encourage is like, I need Lindsay. I need Lindsay on my card. I'm going to go work with Lindsay because I need her on my card. Mm -hmm. uh, that's cool, too. Um, and probably one of my other favorites, and I think teacher's favorite, is flippity.net. Um, and you can put your students' names, just copy and paste, uh, in there. 
and it saves a unique um, website. Mm. Uh, so you just it, make a Google Doc and put, you know, first period or um, whatever it is, reading groups or whatever you want to call it, and make that link, keep the link there. But um, it's really cool tool. Once your kids are in, you can spin it. You can use it for pairs, threes, fours, fives, groups, random group shuffle. I mean, it has, and it's free. Um, I love something free. That is a hit with teachers. Um, it's a hit with kids because they know that really, truly, it is random. Um, and they're used to being strategically placed. So we, <laughs> there's a value in them knowing it's random. So um, those are our hot tips on stage two. So if you move just from think, pair, share to line up and then think, pair, share, next level awesomeness, super easy, takes five minutes, gets kids up and moving, which is good for their brains, gets them talking, gets them back to their seat. So that would be... Even if you just stopped there, awesome. Progress. So stage three, uh, we agree grouping strategy. Mm. Um, building rapport among students using content-based and non-content-based connections. Right. And I think that maybe, well, our favorite is in here, uh, would you rather. Stay tuned for the end of the episode. We have a would you rather for each other that we don't know. We're going to ask yeah. each other. Um, so fun. But the one that I think that we probably are the most familiar with, aside from the would you rather, is the four corners. And so the way that we've done this is just four corners of the room, and it can be, you know, seasons. Mm -hmm. If you like spring, summer, winter, fall, go least to those favorite corners. chore. That's least, a fun one. Oh, least favorite chore was a good one. Mm -hmm. And then once they get into those corners, then you can look and talk as a group. Mm -hmm. You can partner them up. You might need to say, okay, like summer and fall, there's only two of you. Let's, you know, mm -hmm. partner up there. And like I said, it can be content or non-content based. And when you start with non-content based, what, why would you do this? Well, you would do this because it gives you something in common automatically. Yeah. When we line up in our corners or we group in our corners and I pick, um, you know, my favorite vacation is an island and there's other people there, we already have something in common. So the first question is share with your new partner why you picked Tropical Island as your favorite vacation spot. We already have something to talk about. Yeah. And then you can ask kind of that content ice. question. Right? Like, then they can answer that content question. Yeah. So it's that icebreaker. Yeah. Short, sweet, easy. That's why it's we agree. Then go in and share, you know, oh, yeah. So let's talk about the math problem now. And I think that it helps you to make that connection yes. to someone like, oh, I never knew that Carly liked an island vacation. I do, too. Mm -hmm. And then maybe down the road, that's something that you can talk about. Yeah. Um, j a little bit deeper than just, like, knowing someone's name. Correct. Yeah, that's so, so good. Yeah, so... Um, it's a connection. It is. Yeah. It is another way to build connections. So, And you can do the four corners with... You name it. You I can mean, come up with it. I mean, yeah. geometry. <laughs> I'm just making things up here. You, are you the rectangle, the circle, the square, or the triangle, the hexagon, the octagon? I yeah. don't know. You know, like, it doesn't matter. It I'm just really gives it, kids a chance to... Everyone's right. Mm -hmm. There's not a wrong answer here. Everyone's right. Yeah. And pick why. Would you rather is great for that. Even if it's just two sides of the room, would you rather A or B? Um, I'm going to load Lindsay up with a big would you rather today. Lots of options. I'm a little nervous. I know. You shouldn't be. Um, i Yeah. So we love, we agree. Mm -hmm. um, our next stage, stage four, um, is the you choose. Um, this is designed to increase, increase investment and 
interdependence via shared content. So this is where we're getting like to the work, right? Like it, we're, we're talking about content here and um, the idea that not everyone has to be responsible for all the things, but everyone has mm. to be responsible for their part. Um, you're, and this is another one where I feel like teachers use this a lot or they forget to use this because we are so busy. Um, but like the jigsaw is the idea here, right? Like, yeah, we don't all need to read all the things, right? but I can assign A, B, C, D sections and then we can jigsaw for experts, come back and share our learning so that we have a little bit of each part. Then as the teacher, so much easier for you. You just know like, I wanna make sure that they talked about this in this section or that chapter. Um, we do this with our new teachers. Like we don't read the whole book. We pick a chapter. You have three chapters to choose from. Pick the one that you like the best. Mm -hmm. Read that, come in. And then we make sure that there's someone in each group that's read each chapter. So um, I think it's a different way of thinking, um, but super valuable tool. And if you've like not used a jigsaw in a while, just go do that again. Yeah. Take what every, every classroom has reading as a part of it. Mm -hmm. Where's something where you can divide that up. It could be based on student choice. Like we let you pick the chapter you like the most, but it could also be assigned. You're, you know, you're reading one, you're reading two, you're reading three, you're reading four. And we're all coming back and sharing that because we all have to know all these things. That kind of honors everyone's different, um, like a sort of style of learning too. Like sometimes mm -hmm. you might just want to be told, like, just tell me what yeah. chapter to read. Yep. It's fine. But then other times you're like, I want to pick. Mm -hmm. I Maybe like this one, it really isn't. When we did the right. um, the work shift, workflow shift yes. book um, in our office, we're like, pick the one you want. I'm like, yeah. I like that. That's great. I'm going to pick this one because it really speaks to me. And I feel like I can be the expert in it and then tell everyone else about it. So, And if there's someone, no one picks chapter four or whatever right. it is, um, that's okay because that's where, as the teacher, you can be like, we have to all know what was in chapter four. Mm -hmm. So here's my mini lesson on that. I'll take chapter four and then you all share chapter five, six, seven, whatever it is yeah. with your group. So it, it, it's a great way to, um, to let students be more uh, have more ownership over the content, which I love. Um, I think that's our constant battle. We carry the content so much as teachers that it's heavy. Yeah. And we need to let students own that, learn that, be responsible for that. So um, that's probably the most common uh, is the jigsaw. And that one, I feel like teacher college did a good job. We all learned it. Now we just need to remember to use it. Yeah. <laughs> like where it. could we bring this back in? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Going so. a little deeper, yeah. And then last, we have stage five, formative formations. So deliver targeted instruction and resources when different students need different things to grow. Like, isn't that the theme of all of our classrooms? Yeah, Everyone the different needs, needs something different. Gigantic. Ooh, yeah, yeah, totally. And I think the yeah. one that, um, the example in this, in this stage is um, that we all can probably, that we've heard of, we've talked about learning stations. Mm-hmm. Learning yeah. stations or team huddles. So, you know, sending kids out to do some work and then you're meeting with a small group, like having that teacher, like let's, a team huddle, like a little standing huddle, like, hey, you know what? I need to revisit this. I looked at everybody's pre-assessment and we're kind of confused on this. Let me just clear this up and then I'm going to send you out and you can continue working. Yeah, I um, love the idea of a team huddle. I like, uh, that's really kind I think that's honoring yeah. for kids like you just need a little coaching right now let's do that yeah. and then go back to what you were doing right it's no different than sports like hey let's huddle up quick here's what you need to do I'm going to send you back out go do it go practice it 
I can check in with you again. Yeah. And I think that then frees up the teacher too. Like, you know, we've talked about working smarter. Then Gosh. you have the flexibility to go around and meet in, you know, if kids are in learning station, then you can go meet with that group and check in like, hey, how is it going? Are we mm -hmm. on the right track? Or like, whoa, we got to back it up. Yeah. Things are not going well. Um, this is probably um, an intimidating stage. Yeah. I, I know. And some people have jumped into stations and are excited jump maybe back out <laughs> <laughs> right uh and, but i think people are seeing the value of this it, it takes definitely more planning on the teacher's mm -hmm. part of, of what the stations are how that works how to train kids and how that the transitions all the things but when you really brave getting here um and that i think foundationally if you start with some of the other strategies the get moving strategies some of those things then you can go into stations and they have that expectation of we work together, we right. rely on each other. Yes. Um, so that they're not, teacher, teacher, teacher. Oh. They know what to do. And yeah. Carly and I are more than happy to come in and help with anyone that's wanting to try this in for sure. your classroom. I mean, we can talk about this for days, I feel like. but We could talk about this for days. <laughs> it's another episode. That is another episode. Um, on this topic, um, we have our learning forum coming up at the beginning of March. Um, if you love this idea of flexible grouping, guess what? Lindsay and I have a have a um, session on that, and we'd love to have you um, come kind of get a feel for what these are and simple, quick, easy ways to take it back to your classroom, like try it and do it. Yeah. Um, so. And also at the Learning Forum, we're going to be recording a podcast, live podcast. Well, I don't know if it's live. It's not. We're going to record and then release it that day. So come listen to us. Well, come be part of it. Um, well, oh, yeah, you, we want to have we, people. We want you to share how your class, how your classroom is epic. Mm -hmm. um, this is the We Can Do Epic Things podcast. It can be a sentence. It can be a story. Um, it, it, you want to share? You can't make this up. We'll take that, too. Uh -huh. um, but, like, uh, we yeah. love, we want to hear uh, how your classroom is epic. If you're curious about podcasting, you can see how um, Lindsay and I do this. Um, so that's fun. But you will be on the podcast, and we yes. will release it that uh, after our session. So um, that, flexible grouping, podcasting. Yeah, that, those things are happening uh, that day at the Learning Forum. Uh, Lindsay, we have something else exciting. Um, we do. We're hitting it big time. This yeah. is real. People are going to say, like, I knew you back when. Yeah. So those um, of you that have been faithful listeners, get ready, because we have two podcasts that uh, on the books right now that... Um, We're taking the show on the road. Are celebrity sightings above uh, people in Douglas County School District. Like, people that have published books, you can buy it on Amazon. Mickey D Trujillo, that as well. Mm -hmm. But um, Best-selling authors. Best-selling like authors. They're big time. Big names in education. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're recording one in New York City. Uh, we're going to a conference, and we have uh, a pre-conference session, and we asked if we could record a podcast after, and the answer was yes. Good lesson learned here on just ask. Right. What's the worst they can say? No. No, and then you ask but again. But so far we asked, <laughs> and we got only yeses. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for those of you that... Um, listened to the work smarter not harder episode uh yes we are going to record with the one the only Catlin tucker oh my gosh i'm so excited so we uh yeah we posted uh, and tagged her on our instagram and then slid into her dms and said uh, <laughs> hey we'd love to talk to you on our podcast and she said yes she said yes. and so we've been in contact with her people um, and people and we are going to record that that that'll be coming out the beginning of 
March. I'm just, yeah. I'm it's so exciting. So um, we'll so. get to hear some uh, some cool uh, stuff. I think it's always nice uh, to hear that we aren't alone in this. It, this work yeah. feels hard. Um, the good teaching is good teaching. Uh, as Jason Carter said, doesn't go out of style. It doesn't. We never so, go out of style. No, never. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, it's exciting to hear that these are people working on the national scene mm -hmm. um, on all the same work that we're working on here. This is the right work. So um, we're excited. Um, we're still working on our Taylor Swift concert tickets, everyone. You know, we're still still trying. I said if that, New Orleans, if that 25 uh, day advent calendar gift is not Taylor Swift <laughs> tickets, it's over. It's over. It's over. So. And I said, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not. Taylor Swift tickets. Um, I wonder if our tickets are going to be even more expensive now because of the Super Bowl and so this, and her new album coming out. I mean, gosh, it's, dang it! Oh, but we, we're not losing hope. No, we're not losing hope. Mm -mm. Um, yesterday, I had a, a traumatic experience where I heard that Dead and Company with John Mayer is <gasps> mm. uh, going to be at the Sphere in Las Vegas, and I was super stoked on that idea. Like that's something that seems like it would be quite a, a visual experience in the Sphere, and I thought that's a good one. I'm going to get tickets, except the tickets are so insanely expensive. Oh, this is not Jerry Garcia's way. By the way, um, he would probably not be thrilled. But the tickets are insanely expensive, and I, if I got to pick. Dead and Company or Taylor Swift for ridiculous tickets. Probably going Taylor Swift on this one. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So yeah. if you just happen to have tickets and you're like, well, I'm not using these, we'll take them. To either one, Dead yeah. and Company or Taylor Swift? Yeah, no, this either point, one. Either one is good. We'll take yes. either. Um, we'll take either. Well, before we go, yeah. let's do a Would You Rather. Okay. Um, I have one for you. Okay. And I was actually snowboarding this weekend and I the people on the chairlift asked me this question. I was like, what? what? These would you rathers are everywhere. Yeah. So they said, would you rather ride a horse or a dirt bike for a hundred miles? Oh, geez. Would you rather ride a horse or a dirt bike for a hundred miles? Well, I'm like a go with your gut and then actually probably should think about things before you go with your <laughs> gut. But um, my first instinct was like horse because, oh my God, dirt bikes scare the... Really? Scare me a lot. Um, like riding a dirt bike or a motorcycle. No, thank you. My dad had a motorcycle when I was a kid mm -hmm. and like my sister loved riding on that. He would like take us to the babysitter in the morning, one of us at a time on the, the motorcycle. And my sister was in like, yes, every day, second born, everyone. Uh, firstborn <laughs> over here was like, no, thank you. I like a car, like four walls. I'm good. <laughs> a little safety. A little yeah. Bubble. So no on the dirt bike. Um, of course. See, I feel like but that horses. sounds horrible as well. Like you're gonna, you're not walking for a while. After. Well, probably either one of them. So I'm yeah, going horse. Horse. See, I horses scare me. Mm. I, I'm very intimidated by them. I think they're beautiful. They are. They're very strong. I would dirt bike all the way. That is funny. Yeah. Okay. All right. Send so, me on my way. Um, we've been <laughs> writing this in the little workroom where we record this podcast. So that's gonna be their next question. We did have mint chocolate or mint chip versus vanilla ice cream. That was from a couple episodes ago. Um, one out so now we're gonna put dirt bike or horse for 100 miles that's gonna be good um my husband came up with one for Lindsay, and 
like, no, but I'm going to give it to you, but I'm going to actually oh, give you a real okay. one. His, his would you rather was, would you rather get new tires or um, <laughs> tickets to Dead & Company because they're about the same price? And I was oh. like, that's mean and horrible, so we're not asking them. It is. Uh, but what, uh, in my <laughs> that's, a, that's book, definitely like a need and a want. Right. For sure. And you can't pick between those two things. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, so <laughs> I picked up our book. Of um, the would you rather from the 70s that we have here um, questions, but they don't like just two choices. So, oh, a four? It's a five. Um, nice. Would you rather, and oh, here we go. This could be your corners in your classroom, and we're back to um, you could use this with your students. Full too. circle. Uh, would you rather be lost in a fog? Okay. At sea. Oh. In a desert. In a forest. Or in a crowd. And oh. I think I know your choice here, but we'll see. Oh. A fog, a sea, desert, forest, or crowd lost. I would say the forest. I knew it. I was going to take that one out. <laughs> At first I was like fog, and then I'm like, mm, mm. no. But yeah, I would say I would say forest, because I feel like I could probably figure out where to go. I, I, wouldn't, I don't feel like I'd be lost for long. At yeah. sea... It's our comfort zone. We live in the forest. I mean, right. really, we do. Yeah, yeah, I spend a lot of time there. At sea, no, no way. way. I would no probably way. barf. And the desert, I mean, man, you're just walking. It's hot. And it's hard to walk in sand. It is. And I'm not a walker. <laughs> I don't walk. <laughs> Which is so strange because you are a runner. So yeah. That's what would funny. you pick? Uh, I well, a forest uh, for me too because it's, I'm comfortable in that. Like, yeah. and there's I can make a shelter. I'm resourceful in a forest. I don't feel like I'm resourceful in any of the rest of these. Um, the lost in a crowd thing doesn't bother me either, as long as it's me. But having a child and I've lost, you know, like when you lose your child in a crowd, that's that's, that's the scary part for me. Level. If it's just me, I'll figure it out. Like. I'm not worried about being lost in a crowd because if it's just me, but if I'm trying to find someone like my husband or my child in the crowd, not my favorite. Um, That's either. a different so level of anxiety. I'm forced to, but we should take that out in the options. So <laughs> if you're going to do this with your students, it's in a fog, at sea, in a desert. Although some of our kids maybe haven't really been in the forest much, which is sad to say, mm-hmm. or in a crowd. So um, that's your would you rather for today. You don't have to pick between uh, Dead and Company with John Mayer or New Tires. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for that. Right. Um, um, we will uh, talk to you next week week everyone thanks thanks for for listening. listening